Okay, stand by here podcast and uh, about to go live here on all links. Hometown Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience, August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Ride while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the fireman's chili cook-off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 14th day of June. And I tell you, it's a hot one. I'm out of Nashville area, uh, close to 100 degrees on the actual temperature. A friend of mine's car uh, broke down a lot of lot of uh, issues with batteries. Uh, car's not starting because of that. Make sure and check your battery. A uh, little PSA added to that other PSA I just now played here. I uh, got a lot I want to talk about tonight. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, there was a report out of Pittsburgh. It looks like that they're saying it's no competition. It's The competition is just for show uh, between him and Kenny Pickett, and I'm going to tell you why that is a bad thing for Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But it's just mini camps. It's just mini camps. You never know. Uh, also, Baker Mayfield, Carolina, looks like that they want to try to work out something to get Baker Mayfield, and you will be surprised at his numbers compared to Sam Darnold. We'll get into that. Uh, much, I was really surprised when I dug into that research. Uh, trading cards for the college game. Uh, Jack Del Rio, he actually made a good decision and it, it, it comes to a bigger point that I want to talk about with social media and the um, uh, debating that happens uh, by, by the, the social media does, particularly Twitter on purpose with that. But first, let's talk about the NBA Finals, okay? Uh, last night, and I looked this up just before I got here to make sure that I had everything in and in, intact. Uh, so Golden State wins this game. Steph Curry finished Game Five going 0 from nine on three point range. It was the first time in 133 playoff games Curry did not make a single three pointer, and they still won. Okay. Uh, the athletic report, Steph Curry went without a three-pointer Monday night for the first time in 233 games. Clay Thompson's says we'll see a different Steph in game six, but they still won. Okay. And you ask, why? Why did they win? Well, it's very simple. It's that team that he's playing on, the players on Golden State are 123 games in advance of zero to Boston in uh, finals experience. 123 versus zero. So that's why I picked them in the first place. But again, 
I like to be consistent on everything I say on this program. I do think that Boston is a more athletic team. They feel like the better team, even being down two to three. Uh, this team is past their prime, but you got to look at other players. And I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Andrew Wiggles is a former number one overall pick. And he's got, he's just the third wheel here. He's the fourth wheel, technically, if you count Draymond. And this guy's shining. There's no pressure on him. But my main thing is this Boston team, they're simply pressing at this point. Uh, they're, they're pressing. Uh, the Warriors scored 22 points off of 18, 18 Celtic turnovers in game five. 18 Celtic turnovers in game five. Uh, Boston's one in seven with 16 turnovers in uh, a game this postseason. They're 13 and two in other games. This is from ESPN's Elias, uh, uh, a sports there. They dig deep into the statistics. They're pressing pickles. They're, they're pressing. They're the younger team. Think about this 123 games played by Golden State, and it's showing. Uh, six of eight finals. We got to remember this is a rookie head coach also in his first finals. So they're pressing, they're sloppy. Talk to a good friend of mine, really good uh, Celtics insider, and he says, and I should have asked him to come on the program, Corey, uh, that maybe, and I was thinking about this before I talked to him earlier today, that maybe Boston needs to go with just one big, just an Al Horford preferably a Robert Williams because of his defensibility and and, and uh, sub in a Derek White to offset this. Now, we'll have Thursday. We'll find out what happens on Thursday. Uh, Wigg- uh, Pickle says Wiggins was a big surprise. Listen to the emergence of Andrew Wiggins, a guy that a lot of you, myself included, thought was the bust. Now, this is the same guy who was um, – this is the same guy who was traded out of the draft from Cleveland for Kevin Love, you know, uh, Brian. And I'm trying to see if I can get some of his numbers here. I thought I screenshotted it, but apparently I didn't. But his numbers are off the charts, Williams, for the entire series. Let me see if I can get this. I, I love these stats. I mean, I love getting in these in-depth Looks the plus minuses and everything. Um, I want to look at this and we, we can get into this. But yeah, Wiggins, uh, 26 13 rebounds, 12 for 23. Uh, I mean, the guy was just unstoppable because all, all the pressure was you give up 43 in game uh, four to. Uh, to Steph Curry, then you turn around and give up, um, uh, you know, you, you, you put your pressure on on Curry defensively, and then you're letting a guy like a Andrew Wiggins just go wild out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a Kansas guy, Pickles. Remember, he was the number one pick uh, from Cleveland. That got traded in the Kevin Love thing. He went from Cleveland to Minnesota. 
and Minnesota, he never really shined with Carl Anthony Towns the way we all thought that he would. Uh, just kind of fell under the radar. More of a mid-range guy, but now he, he, he is don't have the pressure on him, and he is definitely shining. Now, I'll say that to say this. I do not think this series is over. I think that, that uh, I think that the talent is there for Boston. They're not too young. Um, again, I do think that, like my friend said, suggested, and I thought of this earlier, maybe played that maybe started Derek White. Uh, Steve Kerr is taking gambles. Steve Kerr is rotating pool and looning out. Uh, he 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 benched. In game four, he benched Draymond Green the last seven minutes and 41 seconds, and it paid off. They came back and won that game, and I thought that Boston was taking way too many three-point shots in that game. Uh, They were uh, essentially not getting the ball to the rim, uh, and it's because they cannot get there with those two. The spacing is not there when you got Horford and Williams playing together. You're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, Williams seems to be getting more healthy. He's getting right at 30 minutes a game. You're going to simply have to put Robert Williams in there uh, and push him as hard as you can push him because this is this is it. You cannot assume if you're Boston that you're going to be here next year. Obviously, yes, you got a very young team. I think Smart's probably up uh, getting close to the end of his contract here. Uh, but you've got a very young team. Average age is uh, less than 30. Uh, your oldest player there is Al Horford at 35. Now, mind you, folks, uh, Tatum is only 24 years old. Tatum is 24. Been with these guys for five years. They did go to the Eastern Conference Finals three times against LeBron, only to get put out. So they're not that young. That's why they still have a fighting chance. Yeah, and you said it depends on those turn. Yeah, yeah, Brian says. And, of course, that's what it is. They're turning the ball over. They are uh, pressing. They're simply pressing. They need and, – and, and Golden State's not – people say, well, there's all this – used to talking heads on TV. They say, well, the Golden State, uh, you've got uh, uh, Steph Curry pressing to get the MVP and, and, and getting that other champ. No, I don't think so. They've won three. Okay, they won one without uh, uh, Kevin Durant. There, the, the pressure is on the team that hasn't won. It's not the pressure on the team that's been there. This is all extra gravy. This is going for a dynasty. But you could tell, though, the way they play, that Golden State is simply the more relaxed team. They're the more focused team because they are not the, the more athletic team. They're playing tighter they're 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 playing smarter uh they're playing fearlessly everything that boston's not they only six turnovers for uh for golden state so yeah and pickle says they've been sloppy with the passes uh i just don't think that books have middled them would have been healthy yeah yeah i thought i thought that the book that they would beat the book i thought the bucks would win even without middle but they they simply got <clears throat> two Giannis and and Drew Holiday could not get any penetration done there uh, to, to get to the rim. Brooke Lopez he was a no show there, and Boston shot the lights out, and they still almost lost. They lost Game Five. 
They beat the odds to get here. Uh, the fact that they won game six and then turn around and won game seven. And, of course, Matt New Yorker says they're not that deep. That is true. They're simply not that deep. Uh, the Bucks are. Uh, Golden State is. Uh, but still, guys, if you guys watched Friday's game, just like I did, uh, they had Golden State where they wanted them, okay? And they had a, a lead late. Less than five minutes to go. They got three ball happy. They did not get the ball to the rim. Uh, they missed all those threes. Kerr took out Draymond Green. This was about to go down three to one. And like I said on the Mac Jack and Jim Jeff Gold show, that game, particularly Pickles, reminded me of the 0-2, one of the better conference final games of all time, Western Conference Finals in uh, 0-2, uh, Sacramento Kings, and the L.A. Lakers, the Kings are up big in game four. Uh, they're shooting the lights out. Paige Stavakovich, those guys, Mike Bibby against that Shaq and Kobe Laker team. And they let they let that lead go. They freeze up. And big shot Bob, Robert Ory, hits that three. They win that game, tie the series 2-2 two to two instead of 3-1. This kind of reminds me of that series where I kind of felt like, well, uh, they have already won a couple of championships, them being the Lakers. They were going for a dynasty there. And uh, I thought that the Kings were the better team at that time. I thought the Kings were the better team that year, kind of like I feel like as they're playing this Celtics team. Of course, we know what happened there. Uh, the Kings, they end up, end up losing in seven at home. They lost their seventh game at home. They froze up, and they never got back there. I don't think this is that situation because this Boston team is really young. But it just reminded me of that Sacramento uh, Kings uh, Lakers type of situation. But hey, look, you play to win, you play fearless. The same thing in football. If you coach scared, and I think Boston's coach is because it's what got them there, you're going to lose. If you coach, if you coach scared, excuse me, your your team is going to play tight. They're going to play scared. If you're coaching loose and confidently, your team is going to play confidently. And it, this could be an issue there with, with their head coach, uh, which is, again, it's his, it's his first year. And they got all the way to the finals. And then, of course, uh, Matt Newker says Tatum hasn't played well in the fourth quarter. No, he's doing a big game. I made the early prediction that he would win that big game. And, of course, he didn't last night, and they they just they gave this game away. Okay, there was an interesting story. Um, okay, I did not like what I read out of Pittsburgh. Switching gears over to football. Uh, this is the Athletic says Mark Kabali writes that the quarterback competition in Pittsburgh will be more for a show than substance and that Mitch Trubisky has a significant head start. The drumbeat from multiple beat writers out of Pittsburgh Steelers camp is Trubisky has pulled ahead as the favorite for the job. There's plenty of offseason left. I got this from uh, NBC's The Edge. They do a lot of uh, rumor reporting everything. Clear point that Trubisky will enter training camp as the number one uh, Pittsburgh quarterback likely to see him 
as safer the two options Kenny Pickett uh, over Kenny Pickett are the real contenders for the job. Okay, well, I'll say this. Mitch Trubisky reminds me of another player in NFL. I mean, he reminds me of Jalen Hurts. Now, I know that Trubisky, guys, has been in the league since 2017. Remember, he had his big year in 18, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, They got put out uh, by the uh, Saints, I want to say, or somebody. Uh, They got put out at uh, at the end of that game. But you look at his career rating, quarterback rating, is 87. You look at Jalen Hurts with Philadelphia, uh, 84.7, 22 and 13, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, 64-38. They both can run the ball really well. They both look the part. Uh, Trubisky was drafted a little bit higher, obviously, than Hurts was a second-round pick. This is bad news for Pittsburgh fans. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is a guy that the Bears never picked up this guy's fifth-year contract, uh, fifth-year option. Uh, he goes to the Buffalo Bills, where he he knows he has no shot. He has no shot to start, and now the Pittsburgh camp is saying he's the leader. That tells me that that uh, uh, that Pickett is not playing well. Or, or it tells me that the coaching staff has taken a liking personally to Trubisky over Pickett, and it's it's Trubisky's to lose. Either way, that is not good for Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Again, Mitch Trubisky is Jalen Hurts with more experience. You know, he is Jalen Hurts with more experience. I say all this to say that. You see guys with bad quarterback play when, when you've got a guy like Joe Burrow in your in your division, and then you've got a even Lamar Jackson with the upgraded, a healthy Baltimore team, that's gonna be tough. And then after all this stuff passes, and I think it will pass the more I think about it, with uh Deshaun Watson, what all what does all this say? This says that Tomlin may be in trouble. Mike Tomlin, folks is he started off, and remember a lot of this was Bill Cowher teams. He was 5-2 and two in the playoffs his first seven games. Then he was 3-6. and six. Uh, He is 0-4 in his last four playoff games, Mike Tomlin. Now, I know, I understand, he uh, don't have a losing record. He's had god-awful quarterback play. Ben Roethlisberger has not aged well, but... This is one thing. Now, a lot of you could say, well, maybe this is on, uh, what's his name, Seifert, the former general manager who just recently retired. This is on his players. Yes, that's true. But as a head coach, he's 15-plus years as the head coach of this Pittsburgh Steelers team. He is a guy that is got more power now. He needs to press for these guys to get a quarterback. Now, they did take uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, the, the University of Pittsburgh star, I like that. I think he's he. I think he was the best quarterback of this particular draft coming in. Uh, we don't know how these players are going to p- 
pan out once you get into the uh, once you get into the actual season and see how things play out. But if Trubisky is somewhat of an underwhelming bust, and you're depending on a guy uh, uh, Pickett, excuse me, and you're depending on a guy like Mitch Trubisky, I think the the fans, although very loyal. Uh, I think they're going to call for possibly a change to go to more of an offensive-minded head coach. I know it's Pittsburgh. It's still town. Uh, I couldn't imagine them going to an offensive-minded head coach. But I wouldn't be surprised one bit if if that's what the fans are not saying in Pittsburgh in the next year or two. Because, again, when, when Watson comes back and you've got um, – Joe Burrow there, the two the two Ohio teams. It's gonna make it's gonna make Baltimore and Lamar Jackson look bad. It's gonna make Pittsburgh and guys like Mitch Trubisky and a picket don't pick it up look bad. Now, all this being said, this is just a report, folks. The light could go off for Kenny Pickett. Uh, in camp. And the whole thing could turn around. They're going to have a good defense. Their offensive line will be better. I get that. And now, mind you, Justin Herbert was horrible at times at Oregon. And quite frankly, let's take it a step further. Uh, Justin Herbert, I watched him his rookie year in training camp through hard knocks, he was still not that good in training camp. He was making mental errors. And the coaches were saying, hey, man, you got to do this and that. You, you, he was overthrowing people. Uh, he, he, his timing was off. But we saw what happened once he got the ball his rookie year. You know, so this could be a situation like that. It's still very early, but that is alarming. Switching gears, there was a report out of Carolina that they want to make a deal with uh, to get Baker Mayfield. Or uh, this is from Bleacher Report. There's an urgency from the Panthers side to see a trade for Baker Mayfield soon, so he can play in many camp. Baker's salary and how much teams will pay remain an issue. And Spot Track put out uh, feels like Sam Darnold's about to earn $18.8 billion to not play. Okay. Now, this will blow your mind. As much as I've pounded and pounded on Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold, you know, no wonder that Mad New Yorker is really frustrated with the Jets. I looked at his stats last year. Sam Darnold, nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions with the Carolina Panthers, with Matt Rule. And the thing about him is he's a guy that that plays reckless abandonment. That's great if you're a big-time running back. If you're Derrick Henry... Uh, Earl Campbell, but if you're a quarterback, then you start to get a decision-making uh, issue 
and you start to get labeled a moron, okay? Uh, playing wise, that reckless abandonment that you could throw that tag on Jimmy Garoppolo for uh, a few years ago, running head up on the linebacker. That's the same thing with Sam Darnold. So listen to these stats last year. Nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I went over to Baker Mayfield's. 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and an 83.1. Uh, 26 touchdowns in 2020, eight interceptions. And mind you, Baker Mayfield has been going through different coordinators. So as hard as I've been on Mayfield, I look at Sam Darnold's numbers. Uh, nine touchdowns, 13 picks with Carolina with Matt Rule. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions with Adam Gase at last year. He did his second year. He had 19 and 13. Uh, that was his best year. But a lot of times the league figures you out. So uh, with David Tepper, this owner of Carolina is a guy that is real aggressive uh matt rule's got a, a, a he's got a big uh a, a, he's, he's he's on the hot seat uh he, he's probably got the hottest seat of anybody in the nfl coming into this year as a head coach they're going to be pressured to make a move i think they'll probably make that move and bring in that mayfield and darnold darnold probably is a backup in this league uh, Sam Darnold's a backup in this league. I would probably take him over a Trubisky. Uh, but Trubisky doesn't make the mistakes. Both of them got good legs. Uh, pretty quick, guys. Mayfield's not that quick. Baker Mayfield kind of reminds me of Tua. Uh, they, two guys that really need to learn their physical limitations as far as crit criticisms. I like Tua a little bit better. He seems a little bit more accurate. From a certain yardage, uh, Tyreek Hill said that Tua is uh, uh, he likes him as far as an accuracy standpoint, accuracy standpoint, better than he likes uh, Pat Mahomes, and he's probably talking about 15 yards in. Now, of course, down the field, uh, Tua can't get away like that. He can't he can't elude the pass rush. So yeah, Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold, but yeah, Darnold. Uh, talked about the Atlanta quarterback there, Marcus Mariota, uh, even Jalen Hurts, Mitch Trubisky. Those are all backup quarterbacks in this league, in my opinion. Those are all back. Those guys are not starters. They're never going to be starters. They are backup quarterbacks in my, in my opinion. And now the spot track did put out an interesting stat. And this is what I talked about last week. What if uh, Deshaun Watson is suspended for 18 games? If I'm Mayfield's agent, I know he's excused from this mini count. He already knows the playbook. I say, listen, man, go in there, defeat this narrative that you are, uh, you pout, you're not a good team player. That's really not good for a quarterback. And Play to the trade deadline, perhaps. That's in October. Uh, Spot Tress says, a late trade deadline deal for Baker Mayfield would mean $8 million stays with the Browns, $10 million transfers to a new team. 
should an interesting team take on the split now or reasonably Cleveland will be forced to outright release him? I don't know if I would release him. I would reach out to him and say, hey, look, man, we know things are not happy. I know you're not happy. Uh, you should come back here, play, play seven or eight games, preferably eight. Get your resume up. We'll move you around the deadline, and you'll look better for the opposition, and it'll show them to be more mature. Now, he might say, no, nah, bleep them. I'm going to go ahead and let them fall apart, and I'm going to sit here and pout. Who does that help? You know, it, it, it looks good from afar, but it looks better when you're actually playing, throwing the football. Because they're going to pay him that $18 million no matter what. Because they've already picked up that fifth-year option. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, Pickle says, uh, ball protection, yeah. He's four years in the league now. I mean, that should no longer be an issue for Sam Darnold. Uh, Daniels, uh, man, New Yorker, your guy, uh, whatever his name is, uh, up in New York, the Gi- the Giants, the Giants quarterback, same thing with him. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. Uh, I forgot his name now. <laughs> but uh, I-, I just don't think that he's a starting quarterback in this league. A lot of these guys are not. You know, it's just, it's just the uh, – it's just the way the league is right now. You know, it, it's uh, you you take whoever is in, you take who who's ever in the um, who's ever in the draft per se. You know, but yeah, Daniel Jones uh, is definitely in that line. Probably Mayfield for that matter, but he's definitely. He is definitely uh, better than than a uh, Sam Darnold, for that matter. Okay. So we got the two rumors here. Okay. Hey, you know what? I got a different take on the Jack Del Rio thing. Uh, Jack Del Rio, if any of you heard, this was last week news since the last time I talked to you. He made a comment about the uh, basically, here, let me see if I can play this without screwing things up. This is what he said, if I can get it. Maybe I don't have it on here. 42nd mark. So basically, okay, hold on. 40 seconds here. This is the story of an airline. Uh, it's about more than just I'm on, I'm on YouTube. This is what uh, Jack Del Rio said. Um, he, he said something on Twitter, and and, I, and, I, and then he had to clarify it at the uh, press conference. Uh, defense coordinator, Washington Commanders, listen up. Businesses burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol. This is in regards to... Uh, investigating the uh, BLM riots uh, compared to investigating the capital surge, whatever you want, a capital riot uh, back January 6th of 2020. 
there's no, nothing burned down. Or 2021. And year. we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. Well, first, let's get the facts. Of course, this person that I got this off of, he said, first, let's get the facts straight. <laughs> and they said, and they end up saying that uh, those facts are wrong. And I got the real facts here. But anyways, so uh, he got he got in some trouble. Ron Rivera got fined $100,000 for saying that. Uh, Ron Rivera says, this is not about the fact that exercise the right of free speech. This is about him interacting as a football team, I believe, uh, the First Amendment. But the thing is, we have to understand with these rights comes tremendous responsibility. Basically saying that was a distraction. But you know what I really like about the way uh, he handled that? He being uh, Jack Del Rio, he got off Twitter. And Twitter is like a lot of these social media, particularly Twitter. And this is what one of their engineers said. He says that we try to promote interaction by divisiveness and putting together controversial stories, tweets, uh, anything of that nature to, uh, to, to, to cause divisiveness. And the fact that he deleted his Twitter account, which is good. Yeah. I, I think because he, well, he took the bait, you know. He took the bait. He realized he took the bait. He took the hook out of his mouth, used an efficient reference, and threw it away. See, that's what Twitter is. It's designed to divide people. Because if you've got people fighting on there, you've got engagement. If you've got engagement, then you have... Uh, you have advertisers, you have, uh, you have people there uh, talking about your social media network like American news media, you know? So that's the best thing. And this is what I would tell my players and coaches. I said, listen, guys, you can do anything you want to do as far as political, uh, any kind of uh, organization you want to be a part of, but our media will bait you because they want to get clicks. They want to get you watching their television station and those social media networks want to take that and use that to pump up their brand. They want to use you and and take you out of context to use you for that brand. And I would tell players, coaches, uh, uh, personnel, you can do anything you want to do. But I would do it privately and outside of this. Don't let the media bait you. And that's what they do. They bait you into saying something. And it causes more negativity than it does actual uh, uh, anything positive for whatever kind of cause you want to get done. That's It's a game. And it, it, it's a game that... And, and I know that, that that your Bill Parcells is of the world. He talked about this. He used the term celebrity quarterback. He's like, I don't want a celebrity quarterback, you know. And he he has uh, he 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 has a long. This is dated. This is like 15 years ago. Bill Parcells. He talked about everything he does not want to be out of his quarterback. And one of them was you don't you want to talk but you don't want to chatter. And I don't need a celebrity quarterback. 
And he's talking about, but really that should be for everybody, particularly in the NFL. The NFL is such a big brand, you know, and anything that these guys say is going to make headlines. It's going to make headlines, you know. Pickle says management is out for Twitter is there to bait you. That's a, a term my dad used a lot. You know, well, this guy, she baited me. Uh, the guy baited me. Uh, uh, and, and it's just, it, it's a ploy to get a rise out of people. I'm starting to catch on and not take the bait. Now, a lot of these other news stations do it. I, I, I see exactly what Del Rio is saying. I can see why you shouldn't say something as a dust up. I can see the lies uh, on both sides. But that's that's what it is. That's what these reporters do. That's what they've been doing for years. And now that you have a, this interaction, live interaction, with, with whether it be Twitter, now you have TikTok. But it t- it's really Twitter, though. It's Twitter. It's it's there to bait you. And it's all, it's all a game. It's all a hook. But kudos to him for getting off Twitter and, and, and staying off Twitter. Because, again... Who wins? Who wins? Twitter wins. Nobody wins these these arguments. It's just a bunch of uh, back and forth bitterness. But I hope that other players see that that, that it's a game, and it's it's not even a guy like LeBron. You know, he he gets baited on Twitter, and he says something that that really makes him look bad. You know, he said that stuff about that cop, put that personal info. He was baited by that. Uh, he got baited into that. I don't know if he's ever going to uh, get over that and get past that. But uh, I-, I think he will at some point. Okay. Let's see. So now, speaking of Twitter, Darren Ravel put out a tweet. College football cards will be now the new thing. They're going to have trading cards uh, in in the uh, college football game. Now, this is going to be a big deal for the NIL. I've thought about this for years, and it's fanatics and tops are now going to be trading card agreements for college uh, football and basketball. Now, you say, how are they going to do this? I don't know how they're going to do this. Are these uh, tops has been around for a hundred years at least? Pickles, uh, I don't know about Fanatics, that's probably a fairly new brand. Uh, Fanatics, Collectibles, and Tops have announced comprehensive agreements to produce collegiate football and basketball trading cards partnership that will include nearly 150 universities, Pickles, and separately more than 200 name, image, and likeness deals. With athletes. Uh, now, I'll tell you something. This would be interesting. Now, if I was in charge of tops doing something like this, uh, you've got about 85 players on a college football team per year, around 85. I would actually have 85 cards for uh, every team. You should be able to buy 85. You should be able to buy like all of Alabama's team in, in one package of cards, Pickles. Uh, for what money? I don't know. The reason why I say that is because in college football, you have players that are two and three star players 
turn out to be NFL megastars. Okay. Uh, what's his name? Alvin Kamara. He's a star running back with the New Orleans Saints. He is a guy that transferred out of Alabama, played for a junior college for a year. Then he transferred to Tennessee. Uh, he gets picked up in the third round by the Saints. The rest is history. But guy comes a star football player. His freshman year with Alabama, that card before his transfer, that would be worth some money if we had trading cards out then, for example. Okay? If you players like Herschel Walker's freshman card as a Georgia Bulldog would be worth a ton now. Even Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow would be a guy that did not make it. Tebow may be president one of these days. He may uh, he may do something big in politics. Who knows what Tim Tebow is going to do? Tim Tebow is considered one of the greatest college football players of all time. This guy's won, what, two championships, I want to say, and he won... Uh, he won a Heisman Trophy, and I want to say he was pretty close to playing for a third championship, national championship, Tim Tebow. Uh, his card would be worth some money. Uh, Bo Jackson, same thing. He played at Auburn, and and, and uh, Herschel Walker played at Georgia. So I think this is a really good idea. Again, I wouldn't just do it where I would randomly, if I were tops or fanatics, I would sell these by the team. And uh, you got over 150 universities. People want to buy uh, playing cards for their kids. I think it would be really good, particularly if the families do it. And and uh, the families are going to buy it. I know if my son or daughter or whatever played, I would definitely, uh, or it's going to be for college football and everything. But uh, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, Pickle says, yeah, University of Tennessee player. You never know what player as a freshman that's not a five-star player, turns out to be an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, think about a guy like OJ, a college car for him, somebody that was infamous, or a uh, Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez, somebody that was out to be infamous, somebody like that. I just thought it was interesting. It was the first thing that I thought about when thinking of this idea of having uh, the NIL. I said, what about the baseball cards? You know? What about the baseball cards? Okay. A uh, little update here. We talked about last week the LIV and the PGA. Uh the LIV had a tournament last week. It was on YouTube streaming. This is the 17 players that left the Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson. They left the PGA, and they're uh, playing in this LIV tournament. Now, I did hear, yeah, yeah, Pickle says Archie Griffin. Yeah, that would be a good one for that last one. But I forgot about him. He won two Heismans. The PGA ended up suspended 17 players. I read this week, Pickles that the uh, U.S. Open is this week. The U.S. Open falls under some kind of loophole that's not controlled by the PGA, and Phil Mickelson go come play for the U.S. Open. 
I don't have all this figured out. I'm just going about what I read by legitimate sites, whether it be ESPN, whether it be The Athletic, uh, even PGA.com. But apparently the uh, guys like Phil Mickelson, uh, Justin Thomas, all those guys can play for the PGA. There's certain tournaments that, that, that PGA or the U.S. Open, excuse me, the PGA has suspended those players. So the PGA has certain rights to certain uh, uh, tournaments. All that being said, if you won a major, you have a lifetime card at the PGA. That's what Pickle said. Okay, that was not stated in any articles. That makes sense. And But the PGA still says they're suspended these players participating in LIV due to competition, the Saudi-backed league. So, obviously, I, like I said, I think they're being hypocritical. First of all, uh, one of their biggest sponsors, if you Google PGA sponsors, is Nike. And we know they make $6 billion from year from China. China holds people against their will. They're a uh, not-so-friendly country. Let's, let's uh, state that. And the Saudi Arabia for people getting mad at golfers, uh, the president's asking them for oil. The State Department has good uh, standing with Saudi Arabia, according to their website, okay? And I understand American journalists was killed over there in 2018, but the PGA has a monopoly on professional golf, and they don't want to give it up. So they're not righteous. By the way, a lot of their major sponsors are not even American companies. Rolex is in Geneva somewhere, uh, Switzerland. And so the PGA doesn't really, they're not this all-American, pure, uh, yeah, Pickle says uh, they attack 9-11, uh, but the PGA is not this all-American, pure type of place that they claim that they are. You know, uh, Nike's their biggest uh, Titleist, all, all these are all foreign companies, you know. So this is not, uh, you know, the fact that the, that the United States government, uh, the, the U.S. government says uh, that uh, they're in good standing with Saudi Arabia, that uh, they're actually asking Saudi Arabia for oil, you know, but nobody says anything about the State Department or, or, or the president for that. Uh that being said, I probably wouldn't done it. I still stand by that. I probably wouldn't have, have signed with them. Uh, it's just too risky for me. And, of course, you know, it, it does uh, come off as uneasy. But the PGA is simply, it's all about money and their monopoly. It ain't nothing about being patriotic. It's nothing about uh, uh, being righteousness and all that uh it, the pga is just worried about money they ain't worried about nothing else you know but the u.s open says those guys can't play so i don't know i don't know if phil mickelson's gonna win the u.s open i think roy mcelroy is actually the odds on favorite but um the pga looks bad here you know it, it looks it looks bad for, for them and uh, i think they're just kind of backing off Again, the whole thing could fall through. The whole thing could fall through, and these guys, uh, 
they will just have to find other ways to make money. Now they they've got a lot of you know money offered to them. These players, the ones that did go over there, uh, got a just an unforeseeable amount of money offered to them to play for this league. And of course, Greg Norman is connected to it. Uh, you know, but the PGA, come on, man. If you're going to be righteousness, don't do deals with Nike. They make $6 billion from China, you know? So anyways, and, and by the way, yeah, we're still looking at China for the coronavirus. Uh, last I checked, it's killed over millions of people. That's where it originated from. That's more than, than, than the 9-11 the terrorist attacks. That was only, what, less than 4,000, if you want to get technical. So, all righty. That is all I got for tonight, everybody. If you like the show, share the show. I will be on the Mac, Jack, and Jim Jeffcoat show. Uh, 7.30 a.m. Central Time. We'll be going over this week in sports. Uh, there's no telling what we'll be talking about. You can check me out on the Northeast Streaming Sports on uh, YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. If you want to contribute to the program, go to the Z-E-L-L-E app, and that's sports scope with an S at gmail.com to advertise on this program. Have a good night, everybody. Otherwise, I will see you around same time, give or take about 15 minutes or so, here on Sports Scope at around 9 p.m. Central Time. Thank you, podcast.